Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is not going to suffer through GFC Mark II. Ooh, that's interesting. I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fool's Chief Investment Officer in Australia, and he is Andrew Page, the Founder and Managing Director of something called strawman.com. G'day, Mr. Page. How are you? I was okay until that intro. Are we having another GFC? What are, what are, what are you getting at there? Know, maybe, maybe. That's, it's a like It's a good hook, isn't it? People are listening. Now. This is very hell? good. You got, you got me interested. I, can I tell you, I'm not just making it up either, by the way. I don't want to be a scaremonger, but there is, there is a genuine conversation to have about that. We will have that in a minute. I can't start the podcast, mate, until you answer this quandary for me. <laughs> what are you laughing for? I don't know what's coming. That's why. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I was going to ask you. And the- me, me, and absolutely everyone else listening to this podcast. In that case, you'd be ready for me to ask you what the twentieth number of pi is. <laughs> Six, obviously. Okay, good. Then we'll move on then. Oh, before we do, what's strawman.com? <laughs> We're a private <laughs> online investment club, my friend. Very good. I like it. I like it. Mate, um, I, I should say to our listeners that uh, you and I are very warmed up by now. We spent the last 50 odd minutes talking about everything else. Um, so we should be in pretty good form as we go into this podcast. One day, we will yeah. record this, uh, the, the pre-chat, the post-chat, and package it up as some sort of podcast extra, but not this week, not this week. We went we went way down the rabbit hole, oh, too, on, like, what? deep Austrian economic economics and, uh, Oh, man. Christine yeah. Lagarde, it was, it was, yeah. You don't know what you yeah. missed out on, listeners. Either be thankful or uh, disappointed, depending on what your personal no, I think I think thankful. No one wants, no one wants to, probably <laughs> to not, go there. Probably not. <laughs> Mate, it's always varied. I like it. Mate, um, I enjoy chatting with you, and that's why we do this podcast, because it's pretty fun. Let's talk about a lot of stuff. We're not going to talk about the GFC Mark II up front, but I did write about that during the week, and we will get to it. Let's start with the macro. Uh, GDP out this week, 0.8% growth for the quarter, 3.7% nominal growth for the year. Um, the economy is in pretty bloody good shape. Unemployment, 3.9%. Um, now, they aren't the only numbers. We know there are other numbers, including that I word, inflation. Uh, the economy is not exactly firing all cylinders in the same direction. Although maybe the fact that inflation is up is a sense, at least in part, the economy is firing. That's what often sees prices rise. Mm. Speaking of rising prices, as he segs beautifully into the next comment, um, mm-hmm. RBA almost certainly going to raise rates in a week, aren't they? I hope so. Oh, that's brutal. Everyone with a mortgage is now throwing virtual tomatoes at you, Mr. Page. You yeah. hope so. Yeah, I do. And you I don't think they should hold, hold your tomatoes. Hold your tomatoes because... Start off controversially. Be ca- careful. I mean, I think we, we all like to have our cake and eat it too, right? So, I mean, obviously. I mean, who wants to pay more on their mortgage? No one does, mm-hmm. okay? So let's let's play the counterfactual. Maybe maybe the RBA should cut rates, you know? let's And let's play that forward a few years and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be... Is, is it fun to pay more on your mortgage? No. <laughs> is it fun to have virtually free money for a long period of time. Like the, the consequences of that mm-hmm. are very dark, really dark. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's massive bubbles and, and subsequent crashes and pops and the rest of it. So yeah, do, you want, yeah. do you want your pain incrementally or do you want to, you know, do you, do you, do you want to have a bit of a, a, a slap on the face or do you want to be punched, you know, with a mallet? It's mm, mm, that's mm. that's kind of the question. I get it. It's yep. it's not great. No one wants, and I'm not I'm not here sort of trying to go ha ha. You know, every, no, I'm absolutely not. Mm. But you've got to think big picture here. Mm, and mm. and you know, anyone who's got young kids, do you feed them sugar? You know, do you, is it is it is it fairy floss for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? They would love you for it. 
they would think you're the best parent in the world. Uh, it's not going to end well, especially come bedtime, right? Like it's, it is not, you know. What's, what's bedtime? Full of, no, no, fairy floss, them, you're going right through, baby. Pump them full of Coca-Cola and fairy floss all day and they yep. will love you yep. for it, right? Yep. And, yep. and so the, 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 the RBA is kind of like the responsible, well, hopefully mm. the responsible mm. parent that, that needs a bit of tough love. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, but we, we need a bit of tough love. Mm. I also think, mate, I, I, I agree with you, um, but I think humans have a real trouble thinking longitudinally, particularly backwards, but or particularly forwards, but also backwards. Um, if we'd have said, hey, guess what? Rates are 7% in 2007. They're going to be 3% by 2022. Yeah, hey, beauty, sign me up. Mm. But when they go via two, and we get used to that, and we say, two to three, that's terrible. I hate this. This mm. is awful. Mm. And it, they're, they're both exactly the same journey. And mortgages are much cheaper, at least on a percentage interest basis, not actual cash, which is another problem we'll get into in a second. Uh, mm. But they are they are much much you know cheaper than they would have otherwise been. The interest rate on loans, business loans, the same, um, not credit card loans, because credit cards seem to be one of the immutable immutable uh, oppositions to gravity. Maybe they're the exception that proves the rule. What goes up must stay up. If it comes to credit card uh, interest rates, but other other rates do move around. Um, there is something to that. If we, you know, if we'd thought long and hard and enough, and and kept that perspective, seven to three or whatever the numbers end up being, three and a half, is a pretty good result. Two mm. to three feels terrible, uh, but mm. they're the same thing. They're just, just different timeframes. And again, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm not now. By the way, really quickly, people will say, "Well, yeah, well, house prices are more expensive, so it is it's more." Yes, it absolutely is. Mm. Um, I don't remember if I said last week on the podcast or off the podcast, but uh, I'm increasingly of the view that moving forward. Um, in the past, it should have been the case. I didn't think of this earlier, so I'm not blaming anyone for not doing it. But macro prudential rules, the buffer that APRA applies, is you must lend people money, assuming rates are X percent higher. That number should simply be higher when rates are lower, which means that money is still cheap, but you don't have the same asset price inflation. If, if APRA had said when rates were at 2%, hey, use a buffer of 4 or 5 maybe house prices would have gone up by 15 20% rather than 50 or 60%. And that would have been better yeah. for everybody because, again, when they went, when rates went up, they could have wound the buffer back, which also would relieve pressure on falling house prices, make the whole system work a whole lot better, in my view. Um, so it's a little bit of a tangent, mate, but I think I think it's a, it, was a, it, it seems to me so stupidly obvious. And again, I'm not blaming anyone because I didn't think of it till just a week or two ago. Um, and I'm sure other people have thought about it. I'm sure it's been proposed or discussed. I haven't seen it discussed before, but I'm sure it has been. Just I don't I, I can't even think of a decent counter argument as to why you wouldn't do that specifically for housing when it keeps it would keep housing prices dwelling prices reasonably stable or more stable not 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 zero but you know more stable uh, and and still allow more money to go into the economy because the same pr- same price house with a lower interest rate guess what more money to spend more money in the economy again on the other way you know rates go up less money to spend in the economy but house prices don't go down because they didn't go up in the first place it just seems seems really Obviously, oh, the, the fox has been in control of the hen house, mate, for too long. Yeah. I mean, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I don't know. I, I don't know how we unfry the egg at, at this point. That mm. is, that, this is the tricky thing. This is, this is where we got off. This, why we're so late in recording the podcast? Because I said to you, if you were the Federal Reserve Chairman, what would you do? <laughs> you <know? laughs> what would you do? I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. hard. It kind of get, gets to this point of. You're right. That's what should have happened and could have happened yeah. um, if, if we were smart about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But now we're at this point, it's kind of like we kind of need to engineer a recession, do we or don't we? I don't know. How do we How do we get out of this pickle? It's, it's really tough, man. And, it is and really tough. It's, it's, it, 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 certain economic realities yeah. 
are going to come home to roost. But there's this certain can that's been kicked along the road really mm-hmm. since the GFC mm-hmm. and before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good. It's nice to defer. It's like, but it's like, as I've said before, it's like the drunk putting off the hangover by drinking more, you know? And <laughs> yeah. there's sometimes yeah, a bit that. of pain is, is unfortunate, but good. And that's really easy to say mm. in, in, in abstract. I'm very yeah, acutely yeah. aware that what that really means is a lot of people losing their job and doing it very tough. So it's so yeah. I, it's not something I say flippantly. That's the worst but part again, about it, mate. Because mon- you know, higher rates are supposed to restrain demand. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make it tougher mm. for all of us, so we'll spend a little bit less. So we'll mm. stop the economy overheating and inflation getting out of control. That's exactly what they're. So- the rates go yeah. both ways for those exact. You can't have rates just go down. <laughs> Because no. they have to go back up to be, to be worth anything, right? Otherwise, eventually they go to negative and then it's negative a million percent. And then, you know, by definition, they must revolve around some sort of central, relatively neutral point. That's how, that's yeah. how the whole system works. If you're going to have them at all, that's how they work. And yeah. I think that's, that's, that's logical and makes perfect sense. I think the problem I... I you're talking about, you're talking about you, know, um, you know, putting off the hangover by having another drink. I think the problem for Australia in particular is... Well, we all celebrated, and I certainly did, 30 years of un- unbroken economic growth and no recessions and that kind of stuff. I think we actually got out of practice. And I'm not entirely yes, sure do. that if we look back now in five or 10 years and look back at the 30 years to the finish with, with COVID, mm. whether we won't say, you know what, a couple, of re- a couple of mild recessions along the way might have actually had us think about, you know, being match fit if you're a football player, right? There's only so mm. much training you can do off the paddock. Mm. Playing the game, mm. you actually get match fit doing it. And I think yeah. to some degree... I don't, I don't wish a recession on anyone. I'm glad we haven't had massive unemployment. I'm glad we haven't had people lose houses. I do wonder in the fullness of time whether we might look back and say a couple of slowdowns or recessions or something over that time might have reminded us to allow for the fact that when the good times are here, don't get too carried away because, you know, yes, spend some extra money, but don't spend on stuff that's a bit like governments, right? I'll change tack very quickly. And this is going to be political, but I don't care because it's true. During the late years of the Howard Costello government, um, we had the mining boom. And they gave us tax cuts, which were wonderful, except they were structural tax cuts. In other words, permanent tax cuts using funding that came from a cyclical mining boom. The good and times so, are going to last forever. Well, that was, and, so that, and that's exactly the, the economic analogy of now, right? We are, mm. as, a, as a society, I don't blame anybody. It's human nature, but because we've had so long to wait. We spent 30 years in the good times. We've forgotten that some of this spending should be the, the celebratory spending that will go away because things will get tougher again. And what we've done is we've actually made that structural. <laughs> in most of our lives, we bought the extra cars, we bought the expensive houses, we bought put the kids in private schools, we've whatever, 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 right? Add it all up. We've created structural spending from, and, and, and it's been a structural boom, so it's been fine, except that that hasn't really been structural, it's been a very, very long cycle. And mm. so when we see the other come, that, that extra celebratory spending, if you call it, that, that extra bit that we got to spend because things were great, um, would naturally go away. You put the bottle, mm. extra bottle of Dom away, you put the, you know, whatever away and you go back to normal. Mm. We haven't, we, the Dom has become normal. Our lives now are normal. And so it's going to be more painful to start to cut back on some of those things if and when we need to as rates go up. And it's going to be so unnatural. To, I mean, there are people who are pushing 50 who have never experienced yeah. a recession. Yeah, right? yeah. Now let's, let's take the COVID recession out because that was mm. different. Mm. That was very yes, short yeah, yeah. and sharp. You know, from a from an economic um, and it was massively supported by government stimulus. So it wasn't really a recession for most people because <clears> it was you know economically it was, but but household budget wise, household income wise, there wasn't much. Yeah, and, and I agree. And again, we've talked about you know people who worked in in uh, uh, mm-hmm. tourism and certain sectors. Obviously, very very different. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it just it, it's it. 
it will happen. Again, I'm not calling for it, but I mean, at some yeah. point, it kind of it's, it's yeah. the natural way of things. Yeah. You know, we all get overexcited. There's a great Ray Dalio video on YouTube. He talks about the economic cycle, which is mm-hmm. really great, actually. Um, and and it just like it's a natural cycle of, of kind of things, and to mm-hmm. feel as though it will never happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- in fact, the longer it doesn't happen, the more kind of painful it, it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's, so this was interesting when Chalmers got up yesterday and in announcing the figures. It was a very different spin on it. Now, yes. I would imagine if the former government got up, yeah. would say, and this isn't, again, this is not a partisan view. I just, I, it's probably a question of um, uh, timing and, and the mm. rest of it, mm. but would say, wow, look how great the economy is going. Mm. But he got up and said, yeah, it's good, <laughs> but we've got some challenge. Petrol yeah. prices up yep. 12% just since the end of April. Mm. Electricity mm. prices up 237%. Um, gas mm. prices up more than 300%, massive skills yeah. shortages. There's there's some massive challenges here. Yeah. Although it's interesting, like I saw on Twitter, someone said, why is it everyone's talking about now is like all these challenges that the government has, like <laughs> they didn't just appear overnight. <laughs> it's, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But yeah. but I this this is what makes any talk of the macro very, very difficult yeah. because you can, you can pick, pick, your, pick your narrative and then cherry pick the figures that will support that narrative and you'll totally. find it very, very easily. Totally. So I don't, I don't want to come across as hyper bearish or everything's mm-hmm. cool, chicken little kind of whatever. I, ju- I just yeah. feel as though a balanced view is, is necessary here and I think some broader historical context is, is just valuable and I think almost everyone, unless you're over about 55 years of age, mm-hmm will a lot of this stuff will just sound really foreign yep. because because it's just never been in your lived experience it's something it's like that's too yeah. right because it never happens why would i worry about a thing that hasn't happened if you, you haven't yeah. lived through it you in all intents and purposes it hasn't happened right <laughs> you can read about the history books yeah. maybe you kind of believe that's different but you know the whole it's different this time the new normals everything everyone talks about I, i've said so many times we're going back to the old normal this is not a new normal. Inflation yeah. is not a new normal. Inflation is the old normal, right? The new normal yeah. was, or the, the temporary normal was, 30 years of no inflation because of some macro factors, some structural stuff that changed. Once mm. that's played through, what do you go back to? You go back to inflation because that's what that's that's what the economy does. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, mate, can I can I move on? I, I, mm. And it's it's relevant because I want to move on to the GFC Mark II comments I made earlier. Uh, I wasn't mm. again speaking of, speaking of scaremongering. Uh, someone said during the week that uh, someone else must have hijacked my Twitter feed because I'm normally really optimistic and I had this relatively I won't say pessimistic, but I had this kind of I want I shared a, a concern uh, and and in sharing that concern, some people were like, oh, "It's not very you, Scott," and it's not. Uh, and I wanted to make very clear when I said that I I am absolutely not making predictions at all, at all, right. What I'm doing is I'm asking people to be mindful of the risk that APRA, the banking regulator, has highlighted. And I want to just share a quote that the APRA chair gave to the AFR banking conference this week. Quote, of particular note will be the residential mortgage borrowers, so people like you and me, who took advantage of very low fixed rates, important fixed rates, over the past couple of years and may face a sizable repayment shock. And he says, possibly compounded by negative equity. I think we can leave that alone for now. Uh, may face a sizable repayment shock when they need to refinance in the next year or two. Now, let's put that in, in plain language. People have signed up for fixed rates for two, three, and five years at 1.99, 2.49%. They will get used to over two, three, or five years paying those sort of rates. Mm. When those loans revert to variable loans, they will be paying something meaningfully higher, probably mm. three and a half, four, maybe even four and a half, depending on where rates go from here. 
Now imagine going from 2% to 4.5% on the same asset value, the same loan value. That is going to hurt like buggery for a lot of people. Mm. And why I call it GFC Mark II is again, you mentioned the fact we haven't, we didn't have a real recession. Even COVID wasn't a real recession. We avoided the GFC being a recession by a very, very tiny fraction. But even if it was technically or not technically a recession, we avoided most of the pain felt by many around the world, including the US. What kicked off the GFC or what the Yanks call the Great Recession was house prices, or sorry, say again, home loans resetting. They had these things called adjustable rate mortgages. And here's where this might sound familiar. They had a honeymoon rate for the first year or so, and then that reverted to a normal rate. And a whole lot of US borrowers went, I can't pay that. I'm going to have to hand the house in. And then a whole lot of people sold houses. It pushed the house prices down. Mortgage brokers were in trouble. Banks were in trouble. And all of a sudden, we're in the GFC. Now, I am not for a second predicting, nor is APRA, that we are going to have another GFC or an Australian version of the GFC necessarily. In fact, I'm far more worried about the individual borrowers rather than the systemic problems. But by definition, <laughs> the plural of individual is system, right? Or in this context, anyway. So the individual borrowers I'm worried about, if there's enough of them, have enough of an impact that creates a systemic issue mm-hmm. and whether you think house prices are too high or not and i know you do uh, i have a similar view but not as, not as strong as yours the economic damage we know from the gfc wasn't confined to the few people who paid too much for houses and borrowed too much money it was felt right across the entire economy because these things become dominoes and so i want to say really clearly to everybody listening please for the love of god rates will go up they'll go up incrementally for those on variable rates that will go up in a massive slug for those on fixed rates when you go on a variable rate at some point at the end of your term. In either case, you've got to, got to, got to be ready for higher rates. You should be paying off your variable, putting money in an offset or saving the difference now between the current rate and 45 or 5%. And if you don't ever need that, if the rates don't go that high, then guess what? You've saved a lot of money and you're in, you're in, you're in clover. If they do, mm. you're ready for it. If you do neither of those things, when you're paying X dollars a month, in month 36 and then 2x whatever the number is in month 37 you are going to feel it and you're not going to be ready for it so my my warning my plea my whatever is no this is coming please be prepared for it for your sake and frankly for the rest of the economy's sake do it for me if you don't do it for you do it for andrew do it for other people because if this does become an issue in australia we may well um, end up with something and apra saying they're worried about it something similar to the sort of issues that hit the US market when the US subprime crisis exploded. Mm. Yep, well said. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll surprise you by coming at it. Um, I'll, I'll play the role of devil's advocate. Oh, okay. Because there'll be plenty of people who'll say, "How?" but APRA's been worried about it before. Yep. Uh, people have said this kind of stuff before. Yep. And nothing's ever happened, mm-hmm. and, and and that's an interesting point. But mm. but my response to respond on your behalf, and you kind of already said this, which is, well, maybe you're right, maybe you are right, mm. but but you never like if, if the worst case scenario is by you managing your finances in such a way that mm. you've got a little mm. bit of a buffer and nothing happens, <laughs> you're okay. Yep. That's not that's not a tragedy, right? That is not a tragedy. But if if you're right. Uh, you're going to be really thankful for it. It's, mm. It comes back to my my favorite word, asymmetry. Right? Like it just what what there, there are two two branches here that you can go down. One, the downside is really painful and horrible. Mm. Uh, the other, the downside is not that bad. In fact, it's actually strengthened you in your position. So 
this is where this is where people get into troubles. They start saying this will definitely happen. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, and yeah. they'll have great re- rationale for it. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've learned the hard way. Don't say that because right? mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're not that smart. No one is, and the world is way too complex for you that's to right. do it. That's right. But that's that's what's the the beauty in what you're saying, mate. Is is you know. Just be, pre, what's the word? Forewarned is forearmed, or, or yes, what is it? it? Chance right. favors the prepared mind, or choose choose your favorite saying here. Yeah, just, yeah. Yep. You know, you 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 want to make sure that you are uh, able to withstand something should it come along. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that mean it will? Yep. But if it does, you're, you're going to be in a good spot. The person who just continues to party like it's 1999 forever mm-hmm. without any kind of backstop is is the person that you know. Um, is is in a very very precarious situation. They might not they might not bear the brunt of their poor decisions for decades, maybe yeah. never. Um, but geez, if the music stops, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna have trouble finding a chair. Let's let's put it that way. No, the risk you're taking, mate. You know, 1999 was 23 years ago, right? Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are closer to 2050 than we are to 1990. Just wow. let that sink in for a minute. Uh, let's move on. I'll give you, I'll give you another little go. factoid okay. just on go that. On. I, I'm going to get this wrong, but something like where Cleopatra was closer to us than she was to the first pyramids being built. Oh, wow. Something like that. Like, or cool. the first pharaoh or the first pharaoh or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, that's like that, cool. How long did that civilization last for? You know, our, cool. our civilization is very, very young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on to uh, let's go let's go a bit specific, man. Let's get a bit a bit stocky. Let's get a bit sherry. Let's uh, let's talk about the market. Um wanted to just touch on some thoughts uh, about baby formula. We know infant formula from Australia, Bubs in particular, uh, has, uh, I think the shares are up 50 or 60% in a day. It was on Monday this week when the US government approved hastily uh, a presidential order, I think it was, using the Defence Act or one of the Defence Supply Acts, um, infant formula to be shipped to the US from Europe and from Australia because one of the major production houses over there um, had a recall. And these two, apparently the two big infant formula makers in the US control something like 75% of the market. When one of them goes down, uh, this talks a lot of, there's so many, so many different lessons here. Uh, you just talked about preparing and that kind of stuff, right? When you think, hey, we'll have one really big facility, a lot of economies of scale, it's going to be great, it'll be really cheap until it stops. And we certainly know about that with COVID and everything else, that, that, that you know, the anti-fragile stuff you've talked about many, many times. Uh, this was a very, very fragile supply chain and it mm. broke. Mm. And it broke really badly. Mm. And so Bubs uh, got an order from the US for one and a half million tins of infant formula. Uh, a remarkable, remarkable uh, story. People love the hell out of the, the story. Bubs shares, as I said, flew as a result. Uh, maybe it's a brand new market for Bubs. Maybe it's a one-off order. They never get another order from the US again and, and those shares end up in trouble. That's the challenge I think I wanted to ask you about is... Mm. Good news for Bubs, unquestionably good news, right? Sales, profits, all sorts of good stuff, um, extra volume. These things are all wonderful, wonderful things. I happen to, as you did, uh, follow the Blackmore story during the Daigu trade where the shares went from 30 to 220, 240 or something, and then back mm. down to 70 or 80 bucks. I should disclose I own those shares. I didn't buy them at those high prices, thankfully. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it, we've seen that story before. We've seen the story of short-term demand that goes away. We've also seen, by the way, brand new markets opened up and and long-term success. And so I guess I want to ask you, given how popular the conversation is right now, how do you see the future for these infant formula makers? Is this beginning of a brave new world? Is this a one-off thing or we're getting too excited about it? How do you you try and process something like this sort of out of the blue, huge opportunity, huge order uh, for something like Bubs? 
Yeah, so uh, you, you're right. I agree. It's it's unquestionably good news. If, if this was just our private little business and we got that order, you know, we'd be cracking out the champagne, right? So, and and is the business worth more as a consequence of this mm-hmm. news? Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. As you rightly and regularly say, um, the value of a business, um, in theory, we, we say in theory because mm-hmm. you can never know the, the inputs to put in, but, but theoretically is mm-hmm. just the sum of all its future cash flows. Yeah. So the market has heard this news, and just to keep things nice and even, they, they, they essentially doubled the value of the business. They right. doubled the value of the business. Now, let's think this. Let's think this through. Does this is this a permanent thing? Is is, is Bub's now going to be the major supplier for the U.S. market forever? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not. The, the things will get sorted. Local manufacturers will come back online. Bubs will probably have have been introduced as a brand to a whole bunch of people that otherwise wouldn't have, mm. and it, it, its sales would be otherwise higher than it would have as well. So it's again, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, but we we saw this with A two, we saw it with Blackmores. The, the question that that Munger and 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 Buffett would be asking is, well, where's where's the sustainable competitive edge here? Mm. If there is like like moth to a flame, you know, capitalists see margins mm. and they rush to fill that void. So you know. It, <laughs> Bubs isn't the only people in the world that make this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Others will come in and they will they will say, "Well, we're happy to like wow, they're making a whatever it is twenty percent margin. Uh, well, I'm happy for a fifteen percent margin." Mm-hmm. The, the only way you sustain high margins is when you're doing something that no one else can do. So the question here really is, can no one else do it, or is or is or is it the brand that Bubs mm-hmm. has so incredibly valuable that mothers across the North America are only going to choose that to feed to their to their babies? I doubt yeah. it. I doubt it very much. Yeah. We, we saw this with China. Now, there was Daigu factors at play mm-hmm. and the rest of it, but it was never going to be sustainable. It was never going to be. Same with vitamins. They're not hard to make. They're really mm-hmm. not. What, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing I would say is that the real value is with Australian manufacturing and Kiwi manufacturers is brand Australia, brand Kiwi. We're seen as a, a first world developed nation, strong regulations, high product quality, so it's it's the aura that these companies enjoy is more of a, a made in Australia aura, mm-hmm. you know. So it's sort of like if if, if I'm going to pick on this is going to be incredibly unfair. Well, maybe I won't. I won't. I was going to name a country, <laughs> but then I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get myself into trouble go no on, matter what. On. So let's let's pick a random <laughs> a random country in a developing part of the world that has a very tenuous government and lots of corruption. Right? Um, uh, you choose pick pick your poison. And they, they're going to have a lot of trouble usurping yeah. bubs. Yeah. They're going to have a lot of u- trouble usurping A2 and the yeah, rest right. of it. Right. But there's plenty of plenty of producers here. Bubs, by the way, has never made a profit. Just, yeah, I, just I, wanna, I just want to point that out, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. These are a very, very manufacturing intense, capital intense mm. operation. It works mm. okay at scale, mm. but it never has never has very, very high margins. Uh, they've got highly variable input costs in terms of milk. We've seen what's happening with input costs just in inflation in general and supply chain. A whole yeah. bunch of troubles. Yeah. Before, yeah. The, the, the share price doubled, as you say, but you know what? A bit of context here. It only really put it back to where it was a year ago. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, which, which i got to say that, mate. So I, I, you, everything you've said is true. Let, let, me, let me devil's advocate. You, you did that before, so let me do it this yep. time. Yep. Um, 
it's not exactly yeah, yeah up a lot, but back to where it was this time last year. So depending on mm-hmm. which which frame of reference you want to use, it's either it's either you know a welcome recovery or a, or an uncontrollable gain or or somewhere you know somewhere in between. In fact, the shares were as high as a dollar forty two in twenty nineteen, so they're now still less than half of those highs. Mm. Um, in hindsight, we'll know. Five seven years time, we'll know which one of these prices was right. <laughs> maybe it's zero. Maybe it's two dollars. Maybe it's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's all that stuff. Um, the the opportunity I think is in front of the potential opportunity. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying by the way, push gun by the shares. I I'm, I share your concern, mm-hmm. but I will also say we know that mums once they try a brand of formula tend to stick with it for the life of their child's kind of formula needs because changing brands often kids don't love babies don't love changed brands and mums feel better you know using the same thing yeah if it can be supplied to the u.s and sold in the u.s for an extended period of time this might just be the market opening it needs and given the u.s yeah. market is fifth, the population 15 times that of australia um you can afford to have one fifteenth of the market share in the u.s you have here and you still double your sales mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm with you. I think I think it's not my style of investing because it's 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 kind of potluck at this point. Um, maybe it's a five dollar stock. Maybe it's worth nothing. Probably almost certainly somewhere in between. Um, oh, it's not worth it's nothing. It's hard to know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard it's, to know. It's a, it's a business. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and as I said, it's, it's definitely good news. There's more. Mm-hmm. Even if you take out the one-off pop, there is. Yeah, yeah. As I said, you're introducing the brand to a whole other market. It's, yeah. it's a gift from heaven, right? Yeah. It's it's fantastic, and it makes the business more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done the work, but my, my question is, does it double the value of the business? So either the market was really wrong beforehand. Right, right. You know, and and, and, and this has kind of sort of brought it back into the spotlight. Yes, yeah, and the, yeah. So that, that might be true. That might absolutely be true. And, and there'd be a lot of people mm-hmm. who hold bubs out there who, who probably, and, and please do, like let us know on Twitter what, what I'm missing here. Maybe maybe it was always worth a dollar a share. And in fact, now with this news, it's worth a dollar twenty or dollar ten. It's ten fifteen percent worth more than it was. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that argument. I just don't. I just think if if you start from the premise of shares were the market was more or less correct before, yeah. and now it's worth double because of this, that's where I would sort of say I don't think so. Um, I yeah. I actually and, completely yeah. agree with you. Um, I think that the high the point I wanted to kind of highlight was. We regularly say the market is often wrong about a lot of things. Oh, sure. And yeah. so, thank, thank goodness too. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's very, it's very possible to my mind that um, looking at the last price and saying it's double there, therefore it's bad, it may well be true. Um, but but assuming the, the last price was right, maybe the mistake we made as, as with interest we just talked about before, trying to work out what the right starting point is. I have no, I have absolutely no view. For me, it's in the too hard basket. Um, to your point, it wasn't profitable already. <laughs> it probably still won't be profitable, although this order actually might help it tip in a profit. But how how permanently is an open question. Um, it, it's very 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 difficult to to value. Here's 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 the problem I've got is whatever view someone takes on the future likelihood of um, ongoing US sales is complete guesswork. There is, mm. there is no way, literally no way, to handicap the odds with any degree of certainty at all, not, per, not complete certainty, any degree of certainty, based on what just happened. Because mm. in two different parallel universes, in one, Bubs becomes a well-known brand, it goes to take the US by storm, it's there mm. for the, our lifetimes, and one of those products that this becomes a company transforming lucky break yep. and that's great right we know business have had a lucky break in fact Blackmore's itself had a massively lucky break when two thirds of the vitamin industry got recalled back in the day because yeah. um, the, the regulator shut down one of the factories that yeah. made a whole lot of other products for a whole lot of other people that was yeah. just dumb luck for Blackmore's now great business I used to work there I own shares I like the brand but 
the, you know, the, the, the step change in that business was exactly a Bubs-like problem. Mm. Um, so that's, that's very possible. In one, in one universe, that's the story. In, the, in another universe, this is the first and last order Bubs ever makes to the US. Um, and it simply goes back to, to being Australia and a little bit of export to China and that's, that's its future. Yeah. And there is, no, there is literally no way at all to know and here's my, my biggest concern, Ram, for all of that is, and yet we're paying double what we were paying, or those who are buying, a week ago, mm. based on a one-off. Now, you know, is, is it more likely to be better than worse? Yes, almost probably by, by definition, right? Mm. Bubs today, if it hadn't got a US order versus it had got a US order, it, there, is, there is some probabilistic upside, or my, you know, whatever the odds of, of some sort of continuation of US demand, if it's 1% chance, it's still worth more than it was when there was a 0% chance a week earlier. Right, so mm. it is it is objectively worth something more than it used to be worth, not the price, mm. the worth, the important mm. difference. But it's 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 literally entirely guesswork as to what what comes next. You cannot know. So if you're going to pay double mm. because of this one order, and you can't possibly know what sales going to be like in 2023, just know that you're buying into uh, you know some news, some hype, some hope and expectation, and the price is double. If you're going to buy at the same price based on that, I would do it tomorrow. There's more chance. Okay, well, if it was half decent value, you know, a week ago, and I've got US opportunity, can I, should I buy it at the same price? Yeah, it's a better value proposition. But after the price has doubled, oh, I don't know. It's a tough one, hey. It is. I mean, this this is unfortunately not our first rodeo. I'm thinking. Well, you're talking. I'm just thinking. There's so many examples of this. Uh-huh. And it's just. It's really just an urging of. It's not to say this is great or this is bad, but it's just an urging for for people who are sort of dipping their toe into the market and new to it. Yep. You've, you've got to go beyond this first order thinking. Great point. It's yep. not that easy. Oh, big order, uh, social <laughs> social proof in the share price going up. I'm buying because yeah. it's great. No, you've got to start at first principles. You know, yes. pretend that you. I always like to say, pretend you're a multi-billionaire mm. and you're thinking of buying this business outright. Mm. Now, what would you want to know? Now, that's a good question. We could spend the next couple of hours talking about it, but that yeah. that's yeah. that's the starting point, right? Not big order, share price up, buy. Like that. that is just, it's just, this game is not that easy. And if you're going to play mm. this mm. game in that way, you might <laughs> go okay for a little yeah. while through dumb yeah, luck, right. but eventually you lose that's all your right. money. Yeah, cool. You just, yeah. you just, you just yeah. will. It's not. I take it from me. It's not that easy. <laughs> That's a good way so to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Think about it deeply. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mate, I want to. I want to possibly, possibly uh, move to a. Here's one we prepared earlier. Maybe. And this, this, is, this is a stupid claim as, as assuming Bubs is going to stay higher. But for the sake of radio theatre of the mind and, and drawing some pictures, some mental pictures, let me, let me do continue on this line. We'll raise this ladder. I'll pretend I never said it. Lithium stocks were the hottest of the hottest of the hot, hot water you've ever seen, if, to quote the remad. And, uh, and, and now, this week, I think it was Wednesday, we saw some of the biggest lithium companies fall by up to almost a quarter in a single trading day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know what happens next. Maybe they go on to double and triple and triple from there again. Or maybe we've seen the, 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 the top of, of lithium speculation. I don't know what comes next. What I did want to do, though, is use it as an opportunity to remind people exactly, it's actually the, it is the back end of what might happen to Bubs. We've just finished talking about what might come next. Now, if you bought lithium 10, five years ago, two years ago, whatever it was, you made a lot of money, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to suggest that you can't make any more money on lithium or that money wasn't made. But the fall of 20% in a day on the back of a relatively modest 
comment from a Goldman Sachs analyst saying, oh, the lithium price might have peaked. Uh, and they fell 20 to 25%. One down 22, one down 19, a couple others down big as well. Pilbara Minerals, the biggest of the of the big um, that fell. I think, it was, I think that was the 22% fall. It might have been the 19%. Either way, it's kind of, it's kind of the difference between those two numbers is, is, is almost immaterial. Um, and I've been asked about that a couple of times already. And my answer is largely this sector was a sector that was categorized, characterized, I should say, by hot money. This was FOMO. This was momentum trading. This was, frankly, internet chat rooms, let's be honest, that all of a sudden have seemed to, at least for now, gone cold. Hmm. And it's a reminder, mate, to me of the price and value thing. You know, price is what you pay. Value is what you get. Or to use Ben Graham's analogy, in the short run, the market is a voting machine measuring sentiment. In the long run, it's a weighing machine measuring value. And look, for all I know, it's a lithium might back up today and tomorrow and it might finish the, the week higher than it started and maybe it's a one-off flash crash that goes away. But when, when, when a single sector can fall by that much in a single day, it tells you everything you need to know about how traders, I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to say investors, how traders or shareholders in these businesses are thinking about these stocks, how they're pricing them, how they're valuing them, and how committed or otherwise they might be to the actual underlying businesses themselves. Now, if you want to try and make some money, you just talked about Andrew trying to make some money from this speculation. Mm. If our listeners want to do that, then good luck to them. I wouldn't do it with your money or my money or anyone else's money. But if they want to, that's, that's up to them. Mm. You need to know when you see this sort of thing happening. We could have known because you can see the graph anyway, right? You look at the chart of lithium. There is, there is no justifiable value-based reason for the run-up. Either it was always stupidly cheap and now it's fair value, or it was always for value out stupidly expensive, but either of those two things must be true. The, the, the price has not increased in line with the value creation of this industry. It just hasn't. There is, there is absolutely zero correlation. Doesn't mean it can't over time. Doesn't mean the market isn't roughly getting it right now. I don't think they are, but doesn't mean they're not. I just wanted to highlight this, mate, because mm. when the hot money goes cold, if you're buying for whatever reason, uh, if you've got a long-term view on this and you genuinely think it's worth more for, for justifiable, calculable reasons, then fantastic. But if you were just there because it was going up, because of course it was going up, because of course it was going up, well, days like yesterday are going to happen. Mm. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, look, I agree. We've Too talked harsh? about it before. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's the first order thinking again. I yeah. mean, why are they going up? Well, the world's electrifying, thank yep. goodness. Yeah. And turns out you need a lot of lithium for that. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. You know, so I want, I want expo- we're going through this massive global structural change that will take mm-hmm. decades to play out. And we're going we're gonna to need a lot of lithium. So mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get it. It makes, makes, it makes a huge amount of sense. But what was interesting, what you said there was the sector as a whole. Now, not yeah, every yeah. company that has lithium in its name or is going to do well. In fact, history will tell us that there'll probably be a few massive winners and a yeah. lot of losers yeah. in there. So I, I guarantee you we'll look back in 10 years' time and probably some of the best performing stocks on the ASX will be lithium miners because mm. they'll be the ones that went from three cents, they had a tenement of land, not much else, office in Perth, uh, struck, quote-unquote, yeah, right. gold, Yeah, you know, managed yeah. to have yeah. really high-grade, really strong operators, got it all up, got it to port, got it to market, and we're able to dig it up at one price at X and sell mm. it for 5X. Mm. And we're able to do that for years. Yep. You know, they'll, they'll make squillions for their share. Absolutely. Well, you know, whether, whether the share price dropped 25% yesterday or not, so what? This is, yeah. this is something that you want to be on, on, on the train you want to catch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all true. And so I just I wanted to say all of that before stop 
calm down some people who are shouting at the at the podcast machine, as you call it, because <laughs> that is all true. Yeah. Um, but not everyone's going to win, right? So you 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 yeah. you. you you have to go. I'm all I'm because it's not my style of investing. On Strawman, we've yeah. got some people who love it, but you know, thank goodness they're doing it the right way. They're taking a look at the company. Okay, what are your assets? Mm. How far mm. away are you from production? Yeah. What what production advantages do you have? How yeah. close are you yeah. to to port? What kind of you know? Or the the proper question: How much capital do you have? You know, to, can you actually fund this establishment of your operations without passing the hat around to shareholders? Yeah. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Australia is incredibly well placed with lithium. We, we, we're going to have another mining. I'm very confident, in fact, Australia will have another mining boom over the coming decade or so with cobalt, with lithium, and the We've got right, tons right, of it. Right. We, yeah, just, it we, are, we are such the dumbest, luckiest com- country that ever, you know, was on the face of the earth. We just we just continue to land <laughs> whatever the world needs. Oh, it turns out we've got it, you know. <laughs> Originally, it was yeah. sort of coal and, and stuff, and then, then, it, then it was iron ore, and, you know, now, now it turns out that it's this kind of stuff. We're really lucky. We're really blessed ge- ge- geologically. Yeah. Um, and, and that's great. I, I mean, I hope we do it responsibly and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But- but yeah, I, I'm, I'm blathering at this point. I, I just think absolutely play that theme. Just just go beyond the the first order thinking, right? Just to, to think about it. Think about it deeply. And in fact, if you've thought about it deeply and you've got a really good idea of what a company has in terms of its opportunity, its assets, its future cash flows, this is probably the best thing that ever happened to you. What what happened, mm. you know, a yeah, couple of days yeah. ago with the, with the fall in, sh- in share price? Great. Yeah, that's Back right. up the truck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't. But, but and here's the other thing, though. There'll be pe- there'll be people who let's say that I don't know. I'll pick round one at not advice. Randomly picking one here. Pilbara, <laughs> Pilbara Minerals mm-hmm. had a huge fall, three bucks down to two dollars thirty or something like that. Maybe that's the one that's going to end up being being one of the the the, the killers in the industry. Yeah. Like just absolutely nailing it. Yeah. Wow, you get to buy it that much cheaper. <laughs> Fill your boots. <laughs> <laughs> Fill your boots, and then it'll drop to a dollar. Who cares? Mm. Like, if, it's more a question of where, if mm. this thing is worth twenty dollars in the year twenty thirty. <laughs> do you yeah. really care? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. That's the start at that point, and if it is worth the, that much, well, how do you get to that point? It, and and people will be listening. And that sounds, Andrew, like a hell of a lot of hard work. Mm. And yep, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep, that's it is. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, exactly the point, right? Yeah. That is exactly yeah. the point. If it was easy, everyone would do it. If everyone would do it, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't be easy money there at all, right? Yeah. That's the way to put it. So, so be careful out there. <laughs> it's very. Uh, was it Hill Street Blues? Was it? Be careful out there. I think it was a line from the- Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. The oh, that's, that's you're dating yourself there. Uh, yeah. well, mate, mate, I don't need any help, any help doing that. People already know that about me. But uh, <laughs> yes, I will. I'll throw that in. Mate, uh, yeah, look, I think I think that's right. I think it's just it's just worth being being thoughtful about. And maybe this is the second order thinking episode. Um, but volume is not enough. Price isn't enough. Um, yeah. And, and and probability matters, right? So the, the if 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 combination. If you don't have you if you haven't studied prob, I don't know what easy way to study probability. Mm. Uh, we were lucky enough. I was lucky enough to do it at maths and then do it at uni. Um, but the every time you add an if, the, the odds of something drop reasonably dramatically. And, mm. and enough ifs together, when you multiply them out, make the odds really small. It's so called the, it's called the product rule, I, I believe. There you go. So if mm. if we use if EVs continue to grow, pretty good chance. Yeah, definite. Mm. No. Okay. If they still use lithium in the batteries. Well, that might not happen. Okay, so okay, there's two ifs, so we get lower again. If the volume of lithium required continues to grow because they haven't found more efficient ways of using lithium in those batteries. Okay, well, there's that. Okay, if you can find someone who actually has a reasonable store of lithium, okay, if it's commercially accessible at quantity, uh, okay, 
If it's cheap enough to get out of the ground, okay. If the price stays high, okay. If my costs can be kept under control, okay. If no one else beats me to any of those points first or does it more cheaply or more successfully or at higher scale, okay. Then maybe if I buy at a cheap enough price, I can make some money. Now, if you seriously put all those ifs together and come up with a reasonably high likelihood of finding a lithium mine that you can make a lot of money off from here till eternity, then go for it. <laughs> but if you're, not thinking, if you're not thinking in those ifs, if you haven't consciously thought through each individual separate one of those and said, and yet this still looks cheap, hmm. then I would encourage you to have another look because I think that's the sort of thing. And it's not just lithium mines, any, any company. But when those ifs are uncertain because there is no current answers to them, there are hopeful future answers. You know, I do that for Woolies, right? If Woolies continues to have a business, well, probably. If people continue to buy groceries, well, yeah, pretty definitely. Mm. If Woolworths remains one of the you know, major sellers of those groceries, well, probably, yeah, okay. If it can move successfully online, well, so far, so good, okay, yeah. Mm. yeah et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the chance mm. of that now, now you're not been, you may still not be getting a good price for it, and that's why the last if matters even more than the others. But if the others aren't, don't exist, or the chance of those others isn't high enough, then not just be, be really careful. Mate, um, so, okay, yeah. I just, just very quickly, um, the, uh, in, the gold, in the gold rush of mm. uh, something dickety-doo, I forget my, my job. My, <laughs> back, my back when you were a boy. Yeah, back when I was a boy. Yes. You know, it was Levi who made the most money, yes. right? Levi yes. jeans. Correct. It, it, so the... the, 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 the I, I often think the smart way to play this is you go the, you, you go for the people who are selling the picks and shovels. Yeah. Let the miners do their things. Yeah. Yep. So we're interesting. I mean, you look at some of the real value creators in the mining industry. You've got companies like Mineral Resources. RPM Global is really interesting, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. as a business. You've even got things like EnviroSuite, which do mine yeah. monitoring, all kinds, all kinds of stuff that are out there. And they're kind of cool in the sense that there'll be a bunch of – I think what you can say – pretty confidently is there'll be a bunch of people running around outback Australia digging holes. <laughs> yeah. um, that's yeah. that's probably a pretty good bet. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them will need, you know, Austin Engineering is another interesting one. You know, the, um, uh, like a podium, some of the engineering services mm. one. They, mm. they, these, are, these are wonderful, wonderful companies to be in when, when everyone's digging holes. Mm. And it kind of doesn't matter what they dig up because they kind of need the engineering services. They need all of these kinds of things. So there's kind of like, I think there's, there's often an interesting way to, to play it without playing it directly. Mm, not mm. not financial advice, but just mm. giving you another uh, another alternative if 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 you've got that particular scratch to itch, there itch to scratch. Mate, Levi Strauss uh, invented blue jeans with a Nevada tailor called Jacob Davis in 1873. 1873. Strauss had go. come to New York in the ship steerage with his mother and three sisters in 1847. The California Gold Rush was in 1853, and he started up a new dry goods store on Houston Street, New York. Jacob Davis was the tailor who put the rivets on the corners of the pants to make them more durable. Davis couldn't afford a patent, so he went to Levi Strauss and said, how about we have a partnership? And they made waist-high overalls that we today call jeans. So there you go. Very they cool. made them from very tent cool. material, I think. So yeah, it's it's kind of um, very cool little story. There's a le- there's just a lesson in that. There's yeah. a lesson in that. We often yeah. talk about um, the airline industry being mm-hmm. a horrible mm-hmm. industry because so much money has been wasted there. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out companies that have done um, uh, ticket management systems and the computer systems for airlines have made mm-hmm. squillions. And the second the second uh, second or third most profitable sector in the airline industry is catering. 
right. Do you know, so there's actually there's actually a huge amount of money to be made there. You yeah. just, what you've got to do is there there is a they call it a value chain. You mm. know, at one end you've got very raw materials, and at the other end you've got these amazing machines that fly through the sky. Mm. And there's a whole there's a whole sequence of companies working to make <laughs> that sort right. of happen. Yeah. Some of them are very marginal, tough, grueling yeah. businesses. Others sit there and just mm. make all of those. When you look at the, the flow of capital and money through that that whole value chain, mm. it doesn't trickle evenly down. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. You, exactly. Do you remember those old money boxes you had where you'd put your coin at the top and it would oh, roll down and the 10 so cent good. would roll into one and the 50 they cent would roll? Right. You know, 50 cents is probably a bad example. But, you know, I, 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 I like to think of value chains like that. You know, yeah, someone's yeah. Ticking, ticking, uh, putting money in and there's just, there's just one particular slot which gets a lot more of the coins than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Find, find that slot. Invest there. That is a great analogy, mate. Lovely point. Um, let's finish off with just, man, we're talking a lot about, about kind of volatility and speculation and, and all sorts of stuff at the moment. I saw a stat during the week, mate, which is worth talking about and... Maybe maybe the points we end up making are the same, but it's still worth talking about. Maybe there's something different out of it. <coughs> you know Zoom. We're using Zoom right now to talk to each other. We're from, uh, right at this moment using Zoom. Once upon a time, not very long ago at all, Zoom was worth more than oil company Exxon Mobil. Wow. When I say worth, I should I should say it was priced at. Market <laughs> but, valued. Uh, sold for, exactly. Sold for more than ExxonMobil. You could, you could have traded every one of your ExxonMobil shares, you could have sold the company and you still couldn't have afforded to buy Zoom at the prevailing prices. Today, Zoom is worth one-tenth of ExxonMobil. That is maybe a surprise, maybe not a surprise. It is a heck of a story, mate. Now, I should say, in that conversation, ExxonMobil's almost tripled in price, actually, almost exactly tripled in price, since November 2020. The last 18 months have been very, very, very good for ExxonMobil. At the same time, and over that same kind of period, uh, Zoom shares, they got to $559 in October 2020, about the same time, now $107. So in fact, those numbers are even even more stark than they look, because uh, Zoom has fallen by the best part of eighty percent, and ExxonMobil's tripled. What what a wonderful example of what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so so why did it get to five fifty nine? Because we had a pandemic, and everyone decided they needed video conferencing software. <laughs> and and was that but was that good news? Yeah, yeah that's it, right. was, it was great news. So this is yeah. bubs. Yeah. This is lithium. Yeah. This is everything we've been yeah. talking about this episode. This yeah. the pandemic. You know, and let's not make light of it. Horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, Lots of people yeah. died. But, but for Zoom's perspective, was the best thing that ever happened, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's 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 figure out the share market. Let's look at the business. I just brought it up. Mm. Back in 2019, they had revenue of 300,000. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Wait, is that's that in millions? No, that's in millions. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's in thousands. Okay. So 330 million they made okay. in 2019. Okay. And then they doubled it in 2020, 600 million. Uh-huh. In 2021, they made 2.6 billion. <laughs> And in the trailing 12 months, if you go back 12 months, they made $4 billion. So from $300 million to $4 billion, 10x, was it 13x revenue in three years? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? So- so, so, here's, so get this, right? So great, man, this, they've disrupted Skype. They've taken huge market share from Google Hangouts, all these other places, and they've done an incredible... How do you fault what Zoom has done there? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So, and then, and then but the, you've just told me that the share prices collapsed 80%. 
And and how do you square that circle? You square yeah. that circle yeah. by saying the market just got ridiculously carried away. They bid yeah. it up to prices that made no sense whatsoever. Yep. Business is just there doing its thing. This is this is why we keep rabbiting on about this stuff. Fo- don't don't you know? Keep your eye on the prize. This Look could be lithium. This could be bubs. This could be or it could be woolies for all we know. But but yeah. The, yeah. the chance of the chance of this sort of outcome uh, much much higher based on businesses that aren't necessarily doing much of anything and not making any profit. Just look at the damn business, right? And yeah. and forget about but just because just mm. because there's a cool story and the share price is, is flying, that's not why you buy it. I mean, yeah. maybe you do because it's still cheap through a through a, a sensible analysis, right. but but it's just it's just such a great way to finish the episode because it highlights exactly what we're talking about. Mm. It's, it's important. I should say, by the way, and this is also interesting, mate, ExxonMobil still cheaper than it was. Well, sorry, the price is lower than it was in 2014. Yeah, so that's surprised. also true, right? And so they, yeah. they're, the, the, and I want to I be careful because whenever we compare to a previous price, we, we are inferring or if, if we're not inferring, it can be, we can be taken to be inferring. Uh, that we're saying that was right, this is wrong, or that was wrong, this is right. We don't know mm. what happens next. Right, mm. Zoom go, could Zim could go back to a thousand dollars a share. It could be a ten bagger from here, mm. and those people who bought at five hundred bucks didn't make a fortune, but they doubled their money, and they're probably pretty happy given where the share price is now. Exxon Mobil, at, at an oil price that is at a three month plus high, um, the oil price could fall back again. Exxon Mobil shares fall because it's super leveraged the oil price, and mm. we're we're telling exact, the exact opposite story in a year's time. Right, it was Zoom at a thousand bucks and Exxon at fifty. We're saying, wow, remember we talked about it back in June twenty twenty two. Well, now look what's happened. Those mm. things are all very, very possible, and so I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, mislead our listeners into thinking we're saying, well, that was obviously wrong. This is obviously right, or that was obviously right. This is obviously wrong. We've given examples of both with Bubs and with uh, Exxon and Zoom and with, with Lithium, but it, just just think about what the market has, what it, what it's telling you, or, or what I say telling you, what it tells you it believes. Right, the market's not telling you anything, <laughs> but it doesn't know the truth necessarily any better than you do. It probably does most mm. of the time for most companies. Mm. No, no, it gets it roughly right. But if you look at some of these, and these are great examples, right? Energy companies, mining companies that are priced based on the the, the current spot price of the commodity. There, I, can I say, mate? I think there's anything more ludicrous. I even have a little bit more time for speculators than I do for people who price resources companies on the spot price of the commodity. Because <laughs> you talk about the future cash flows, right? Imagine, imagine this. Imagine you own an oil company, mm. and you're gonna, you're never gonna sell it. You've got to make money from this oil company for the rest of your life, right? And, and your mm. kids' lives and their kids' lives. So you own this oil company outright. And someone says to you, the price of oil is $100 today. I'm going to give you a million dollars for your company. So, okay, thank you. They come back next week and the price has fallen. So I'm going to give you $500,000 for your company now because the price has just changed. You're like, man, I've owned this company for a week. I'm going to own it for another 150 years. And you're telling me the price, the value of the entire company is halved because mm-hmm. the price moved over the last seven days. Mm-hmm. My entire mm-hmm. future returns from this business versus the seven-day price change and you're telling me that's more important mm. and there is nothing I, I don't i don't i'm sure there is i can't think of anything more ludicrous in the in on the stock market there's plenty of other assets like we can talk about later um i can't think of anything more ludicrous when it comes to asset pricing than the way people talk about resources companies as if the spot price when i say spot price i'm talking about the price it's selling for right now mm. even the futures price even the, if the month the price in three months time i just i don't i don't i mean i I understand that people do it. <laughs> I almost understand why they do it because they kind of go, well, I've got to use something. I might as well use this. Yeah. But if there is a bigger case of, of collective, I'll say delusion, I suppose, on the stock market than resources company share pricing, I don't know what it is. Am I, am I, am I massively <laughs> off base there? No. I, just, I laugh though because it's very, very fairly periodically you, you get quite upset about it. And, uh, <laughs> and you, don't, you think I'm silly? 
No, I, I think you're right, but I, it's kind of you know, it's it's a bit shaking your fist at the sky. And look, I'm the master yeah. of shaking my fist at the sky. But it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, what you're really what shaking your fist at is is yeah. is human nature. Yes. So yes. you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that doesn't make no, no, doesn't like, make any sense. To be fair, I'm but, not upset about it in that sense. I guess I just uh, exasperated. It's, it's not, well, yeah, exactly. Yes, exact great word, and yeah. and it's an opportunity for enterprising investors. If it if it upsets me at all, it is. The people get taken for a ride because they believe this crap, right? And that, that's yeah. that. My my ongoing frustration with this stuff, the exasperation is, uh, and you you mentioned off air, there there are things about our industry that are taken as gospel by a, a group of people that we think are patently stupid, mm. and that's okay because it doesn't hurt us because we just think it's stupid we ignore it. But it, it's when it hurts other people, takes other people for a ride. That's yeah. the bit that frustrates the hell out of me. It's like, yeah. it's not exactly outright lies, and it's not exactly, um, you know, but but you kind of think. Yeah, this is for all of the for all of the stuff that gets rolled together. As the you know, we we admire people who operate in the financial markets because they are smarter and cleverer and richer and know more mm. things than we do. And so we just we just say, okay, yes, sir. If you think so, sir, that must be what it's worth, sir. Mm. And I just you know, the, the exasperation is is the fact that I think the market fools itself, which I really don't care about. Um, but it, 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 the implication for those of us who aren't in the industry or just in the media questions you and I get regularly, it's like mm. no, no, we. That, there, there was a there was an answer to this which is not what you would otherwise hear. That's that's what yeah. frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah, it's not very newsworthy though. I mean, you don't get invited back when you say when you say that. <laughs> I go, oh, true. it's not a big deal. It doesn't I, matter. I don't exactly. care. <laughs> Why did that happen? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No. <laughs> no. Exactly. You know, you want you want the person in the Armani yep. suit to sort of give you these very long technical words oh. and a lot of jargon and make sound confident. It's like, well, that 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 person is much more. I'll yeah. say that guy because it's almost always oh, a guy. Yeah, exactly. And, I feel uh, sorry for the, the TV people who have us on in the morning and want to know what the market's going to do today based on what happened in the US over I don't do it anymore. I refuse. And, I just yeah. I can't I can't play that game. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't play the game either. I give them the answers they really don't want because they'd rather have something more interesting than, you know, the, why the gold price is up X percent or the, the oil price is down Y percent, what it means for today's trading and what I'm looking at at the open. And, mm. and I kind of I answer honestly, which is I, I feel, I, feel I, I, say I do it. I'm happy if they want to ask me, I'm happy to answer the question. But I feel sorry for them because, like, oh, guys, you ask me that question. You know what I'm going to say, and it's not going to be yeah. good. And you know, you, know, yeah. you want something you want something that people get their teeth into and take a position and make a change and make a trade. And like, oh, eh, nothing. Just we. It's kind of like with, it's a bit. There's parallels with politics in in the coverage. Yeah. It, we want it. We want Rice a Big calling. Brother reality yeah. TV yeah. drama. <laughs> that it's, it's humans. We want yeah. that. It's so much more yeah. exciting and sexy so and true. cool and. This, oh, so and he true. said that, and oh, no way. And then she said, oh, my God, OMG. You yeah. know, it's like the rest of us are thinking, what? This is nonsense. This is like juvenile crap. It means nothing. Yeah. But, but you know, you're a curmudgeonly old dude who no one listens to anyway. So <laughs> you, you, just, you just grin and bear it. And as I yeah, say, the, that. the good thing about it is, if there is a good thing, <laughs> is that if, if, you, if you have the ability to – no, ability is the wrong word. If you have the preparedness mm-hmm. to That's a good uh, uh, spend a bit of time mm-hmm. and have a bit of patience, mm-hmm. uh, it can be crazily enriching over long yep. periods of time. Yep. So it's that's cool. It's funny, it's funny how many I've had a few friends and family like ring and go, oh, do you on the markets now? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm totally fine, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Been here before. Water for ducks, mate. Yeah. yeah, do you want to we'll go again. back five years or, or <laughs> ten years? Do you want, do you want right. to see where I am now compared to then? Like you know, the trouble is, is that when it happens, people assume it was luck, you know, yeah. and they and then when it goes wrong, it's sort of like it's all through your own stupidity and recklessness. Mm-hmm. And ah, I knew that share market thing was going to come back and bite you. And 
So no one, no one can see the forest for the tree. Well, very mm. few people can, but those mm. that can see the forest for the trees, it's just you know, it's it is what it is. It's you're not in this game to, yeah. to make friends and be popular. You're, you're, I'm in it to try and build wealth for my family's long term future. And if, mm. if that's the game, and I suspect everyone listening, that's probably the game they would prefer to play. Yeah, um, you've, you just gotta you gotta you gotta learn to know what to focus on and what what to ignore. Yeah, I like it, mate. I'm gonna uncharacteristically finish with a tease for Sunday. Ooh. And I'm also going to uncharacteristically do something different on Sunday. We do it every now and again. We've got some topics that overflow the episode. It's because there's been some late breaking news. Oh. And I'm just going to read a paragraph of an email sent by Elon Musk to the staff at Tesla. Have you oh, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. So here's the paragraph. We're not, we're not going to talk about it because we're already at the hour mark and we're going to respect our listeners' time. Plus, give Matisse to come back on Sunday because, you know, I'm, I'm like that. Next time on Motley Fool Money. Here's, here's, the, here's the, if you haven't seen it, by the time this goes to air, I'm sure our, our listeners will have, have seen it or heard it reported. Uh, quote, this is Elon. Everyone at Tesla is required to spend a minimum of 40 hours in the office per week. Moreover, the office must be where your actual colleagues are located not some remote pseudo office. If you don't show up, we will assume you have resigned. I have some thoughts on that. I have some Mm. thoughts on that. We'll talk Mm. about it on Sunday. Will you come back on Sunday? (laughs) Sounds good. Oh, you know I will. Now that you said that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you do want to have a question answered on the mailbag, hit us up, info at fool.com.au. You can get in touch with us on the socials. On Twitter, Andrew is at sage underscore Simeon. I am at TMF Scott P. Strawman is at Strawman Invest and The Motley Fool is at The Motley Fool AU. You, know, you can use my two handles on Insta as well. And on Facebook, jump on facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia or facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. Oh, looking forward to Sunday's episode already, mate. You fired up? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so fired up. Talk to you Sunday. Fool on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.